hear that rumbling off in the distance? You know the sound of an approaching thunderstorm like yesterday here in the upstate. If you were in oh, Clemson, yeah. if you were at Anderson or Greenville, Spartanburg, Greer, probably Simpsonville, there was just those train of storms coming through. And they would formulate right by the North Carolina, South Carolina border and just trickle down. And you could just hear it off in the distance. The thunder's coming. You know, you hear that little sound and you know that something ominous is on the horizon. Same thing with DeanLaggyDogPost.com coming up in our next <laughs> segment. I just, I just hear it. I don't know what he's going to say. I, I was just texting with him earlier this morning. I'm like, hey, we need you on the show today. He's like, absolutely, I'm coming on. And he just threw a couple little things out there. And I'm like, oh, he's ready to rumble today. He is ready to rumble. So like an approaching thunderstorm, Dean Leggy joins us in about 20 minutes. If you're not in front of your radio for that, I, I don't know what your problem is. Check your pulse because something's wrong today. I need you in front of your radio there. I need you listening coming up our next episode. Get around the radio, kids. <laughs> Dean Leggy's coming on. We're going to have our fireside chat with the great Dean Leggy, the big dog at Dog Post, 125, about 20 minutes from now. Should be a lot of fun. Second hour is presented by Locomart, 480 Old Greenville Highway, right across the street from Bojangles here in Tigertown, USA. Best prices on gasoline in the upstate. It's Marathon Fueling the American Spirit. They're under new management. They've got craft beer. That's right, craft beer at, at their uh, convenience store inside. Uh, rare that you get that kind of service and that kind of experience out of a convenience store, but yet you do with Locomart. Popular hangout as well for many local celebrities like Mickey Plyler. I, I don't know how many different ways I can advertise that for you. Go by and see Mickey's going to be there filling up his gas tank, stopping by, getting some snacks, maybe an ice cold refreshment or two. It's a 480 Old Greenville Highway across the street from Bojangles, Loco Mart, and in all seriousness, the best prices on gasoline here in the upstate. Go by and see him today. Convenient to campus, open until midnight, always student friendly. It is our good friends at Loco Mart. I, I am anxious to talk with Dean. A, because, you know, it's been a while. B, I don't know what to expect out of Georgia this year. And, and Ben, you and I were wrong last year at about the same point in time when we incorrectly assumed that Georgia should be the favorite to win the SEC East. I don't know who the favorite is going to next year. Maybe we'll ask Dean that question. Who's the favorite in the SEC East? I still don't know who the favorite was last year. Right. Well, I mean, it was Tennessee. I think Tennessee was predicted to win it. I Well, yeah, by some. We didn't predict it. I mean, I, I thought Georgia was going to win. I, I tell you this, South Carolina has as good a chance as anybody next year. I really believe that. You could have a 5-3 and three or 4-4 four and four team win the SEC East. I'm talking about with the league record. That could be good enough to win that division. I don't think it's going to be good enough to win the entire conference. But last year, you and I both said about this time that we thought Georgia could win 9 or 10 games. And in fact, I think both of us came to the conclusion with the schedule that you know, 10-2 was kind of in the wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. If Kirby was able to right the wrongs of a, of, of a couple of close setbacks, that that would be enough to get to that 10-win mark, to get to that level. And we think they were going to be good enough to beat whoever came out of the SEC West, but we thought that they would be reasonable. And, that, you know, Kirby would install a certain level of toughness and maybe mental fortitude that wasn't there at the end of the Mark Richter. era. It turns out we couldn't have been more wrong. They were 8-5, and five, but just 4-4 four and four in the league. And as we mentioned, a home loss to Vanderbilt, a two-touchdown setback to Florida, the Hail Mary loss to Tennessee. I mean, I guess in a weird way, if you want to say, well, Roy, they should have lost to Vandy, I would disagree, but it was only by a point. So, yeah. 
If you take away the Hail Mary, mm-hmm. maybe they got a chance to go nine and four, and they're right there approaching that 10 win threshold. But it looked a lot like more of the same from Georgia. It did. It did. So, what does that mean going into this year? Where Jacob Eason is back, we think, or is it Jake Fromm? Where it's year two under Kirby Smart, but it's year two under Jim Chaney, who I'm not a huge fan of. You think Dean will tell me he's not a huge fan of Jim Chaney if I ask him? Or is he still playing the wait-and-see game? Remember, he didn't like Schottenheimer. He didn't like Brian Schottenheimer, the former play caller. He called him out on this show his entire play-calling career at UGA. um, I'd be surprised if he has changed from that yet. He's probably still in wait-and-see mode, right? Because... I mean, there's you didn't see anything last year that would make you all of a sudden start liking him, right? I didn't see anything that I liked out of him. I honestly, it is still though first year. I yeah, I keep reminding myself that right. His play calling, I don't want this to sound bad because I I think this particular comparison he's gotten better. Then it's gonna sound bad. Well, no, I mean because I like this guy, but what I saw last year of Georgia's offense reminded me of what I saw in 2010 of Clemson's offense. Can I just leave it at that? I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Where, and, and, and that year, Clemson sustained key injuries that made the play calling by default not as good. And last year, Georgia, uh, Nick Chubb, of course, was banged up, and Eason was a freshman, and the offensive line wasn't very good. So how good can the play calling be? I, I just don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know who they're trying to be. Is it... Bama, it's not really spread. It's eye formation and play action. And maybe some of that was done because you're trying to protect your freshman quarterback. I, I'm not really sure. But I'm going to ask Dean some of those questions coming up in our next segment. But back to the big picture. I, I, I don't know what to expect from this team this year. I, an SEC East championship by default is within reach because we still think that that division isn't that strong. If you Carolina fans, that's not a shot. That's an opening. That's a possibility for you mm-hmm. this coming year. That's optimism as far as I'm concerned. But nobody in that division really stands out. And I don't know that Georgia does, or I'm not sure that Georgia should. So I don't know that I don't know. And I need some more intel, which is why we're having Dean on. Um, well, for the record, no, I don't think South Carolina can win the East next year. You don't? I do not. You don't? Um, Florida still plays in that division. I don't know what they're going to look like, but I don't. I, I, I can't stand Florida. Like, Florida is. But they're going to always be good enough to get in the way, right? Well, they have been the last two years. I mean, Jim McElwain, as the head coach, is two for two in SEC East championships. But it's like, what is their offense and where are their playmakers? I mean, you bring in guys like Demarcus Robinson, who should be torching that conference. He hasn't done anything, in part because they haven't had a quarterback. So, I I just I feel like Tennessee certainly takes a step backwards. Um, Kentucky, strangely enough, just kind of floating around there. They're that's 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 my guy. They there. beat Louisville at the end of last season. Yeah, I and mean, the Heisman Trophy. Winner. I don't know why I like Kentucky football. I just do. Uh, and then there's Georgia. You know, yeah. I mean, I know Vandy and Missouri are there, but not really. Um, so you do have to kind of look at Georgia. We'll have to break down. I'm sure we'll break down all those schedules at some point real soon. That's like a mid-May yeah. deal. That's yeah, that's yeah. not a end-of-March deal. But Georgia still needs some help, and it needs some help up front. I think that they recruited pretty well on the offensive line. 
Jacob Eason needs it needs it uh, more than anybody else. In fact, I'm reading ESPN.com right now. Why Georgia is the SEC's mystery team in 2017. Edward Ashkoff wrote the article. And his first two paragraphs, here's the thing. We think Georgia should be really good this year. Maybe not really good, but SEC East champion good. Yes. Right. They have a favorable schedule. Oh, so here we go. That's <laughs> so thanks a lot. We we can't wait till mid-May. We got to do it right now. But no, what he wrote there is accurate. Without me even looking at that prior to, it assists me in thinking out loud, where I, I think the rest of the division isn't very good. So if anybody gets hot, then you're going to win that division by default. But Georgia still is kind of a mystery team. What's the schedule look like? <laughs> See, Just give me a schedule. App State. Wait, wait, at, at Georgia. App State at Georgia. App, App State at Georgia. At Notre Dame in game number two. Who the heck knows? <laughs> that, that, that game that, that didn't scare, like 10 to 9. That didn't scare anybody this past year. Right. Uh, that that could be a big game for for Notre Dame right Duke here. won at Notre Dame last year, I right. believe. So App State at Notre Dame. The Sam Samford Bulldogs. Not Stanford, but Samford. Samford. Alabama. Not Houston, but Houston. <laughs> Mississippi State comes to town after that. Don't sleep on Dan Mullen. Actually, you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can sleep on him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can sleep, coma, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Uh, at Tennessee on September 30th. At Vanderbilt. Then you have Missouri. Off week. The traditional Florida Gator game. South Carolina comes goes to Georgia. At Auburn. Kentucky at Georgia Tech. I mean, so your crossovers there are not are not horrible by any means. You reading that schedule to me, my knee-jerk reaction is there were like seven games in there where I couldn't tell you right. for two and a half seconds what's going to happen in there. And so I guess that speaks to Georgia's overall mystery. But, I mean, think about it. Vanderbilt won in Athens last year. What, what's going to happen this year? I, I know what Vanderbilt does. They play defense. They play bleed the clock on offense. And you may get, like, eight possessions, and that's all you're going to get. And they and they beat you. They win games that way. That's Vanderbilt's brand under Derek Mason, right? That's what they do. That was good enough to win in Athens last year. I mean, Notre Dame, I couldn't tell you for – I have no idea what's happening there. No idea. You're talking to two mystery teams square off. I mean, Appalachian State's not a bad team. Appalachian State last year at Tennessee should have won that game in the season opener. Should have won that game. It went to overtime. See, you're poking legitimate holes in all, in my not too bad of a schedule. Well, it's, but, well and you're right. I, but I don't disagree. <laughs> but I don't disagree with you. But no, but no, no, I don't disagree, and I don't think you're wrong. On the flip side. I, I don't think that schedule is conducive to win 10 games right now either. Oh, no, I don't either. All right, so so it's a schedule that features a lot of games that right now we would deem to be toss-ups. And Georgia fans don't want to hear that. The Vanderbilt game's a toss-up. I mean, that's a game you should win up in Nashville this year. Don't be wrong, but you lost at home last season. And, and, and here's the thing. How many times have we gone back to this word in the last three to four years? I remember talking about this, you know what, in 2010 – when Dabo parted ways with Billy Napier, one of the things we talked about on a show in a previous life was you have to have an identity on offense. And they didn't have one that season. You have to develop who you want to be. 
what you want to be. What play you call on third down and goal, the game on the line, when you face adversity, you have to have something in your back pocket. It's a brand. It's an identity. Vanderbilt has that in a weird way. Georgia does it. Mm -hmm. And, And so maybe this is the year, as wise as we think Kirby Smart is, just hanging out with Nick Saban for as long as he did. And for as many different stops as he's, you know, been on in the SEC as an assistant coach and as a defensive play caller. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of good things there in his DNA that will lead him to be a good coach one day. But after the first season, I, I'm not sure really really on either side of the ball what that brand is. So that that's something that needs to happen at Georgia. And so that's part of my problem when you're running through the schedule. And I, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud, okay, guaranteed win. Samford, Missouri, I mean, I I guess Appalachian State. I guess is Taylor Lamb back? Is he, he could be a senior next year? I got a senior quarterback rolling in Athens who took a rocky top to the brink last year. He's not going to be intimidated by that. Scott Satterfield's a great X and O's coach on offense. That guy get the job done. App State's not going to be any kind of pushover. But I mean, yeah, they should win that. So App State, Sanford, I guess Missouri, I guess South Carolina at home and a team they dominated last year on the road, maybe. I mean, it's like four or five guaranteed wins, maybe. And everything else is basically a toss-up. Consider this, though. There's only two teams, I think, I mean, Florida and Auburn. Well, Auburn Auburn will be ranked, I would think, at that point. But maybe Florida will be ranked. I don't know. that. I, sitting here today, I don't know that. They, I mean, you could make the argument they don't play a ranked team next year. Go through it real quick. Just uh, win game at, real at, quick. At App State. Win. At Notre Dame. Loss. Samford. Win. Mississippi State. Win. At Tennessee. <sighs> win. At Vanderbilt. Ah, win. Missouri. Win. Uh, I got Florida. them six and one. Florida six and two. South Carolina in Athens seven and two. At Auburn seven and three. Kentucky eight and three. At Georgia Tech eight and four. I got them with the same record as last year. Okay, I got them with the same record as last year in the regular season. I think they were seven and five in the regular season. They won the bowl game. They finished eight and five. So I got them eight and four in the regular season. A one game improvement going to oh where's that the Outback Bowl. You know, Outback Bowl, and you play mm-hmm. Iowa in the Outback Bowl, and you win that game thirteen to twelve. You finish nine and four. But back to back to what started this, we're God, talking about who could win the SEC on. East, right? So when you look at SEC games, you're talking Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, Kentucky. No Bama, no LSU, no Texas A&M on the road. Nothing wacky. Yeah. It's manageable. So, from an SEC East standpoint, they've got a chance. Yeah. They have a chance just because of that division. I mean, get right. not a shot. That's just where it is right now. I mean, it, it very likely could come down to the uh, to the cocktail party game. <laughs> yeah. Very well Because I mean, everybody ends up with two losses in that division, two plus, and you go to tiebreakers, and it could, that could be it. Going to talk with Dean Leggy from dogpost.com about all this in our next segment. Mark Dofer also joins us in an hour live from the Big Apple. Get his thoughts on the NCAA tournament. We're brought to you by Complete Nutrition. Three locations here in the upstate to serve you today. They're looking to shed some pounds off that, well, that uh, that body that needs to shed an extra couple of pounds, honestly. 
East Blackstock Road in Spartanburg, Woodruff Road in Greenville, North Main Street in downtown Anderson. They have so many different products and supplements to help you do exactly that. If you've lost the weight, they're going to help you keep it off. They're going to help you increase your energy level. They're going to help you feel better. Then they'll help you sleep better at night. They do that for me. They've got all kinds of products. Thank goodness. That just make you feel better about yourself. You got everything from multivitamins to advanced weight loss products to to uh, weight gaining products for your muscle building guys. Uh, for your muscle building guys. Muscle building guys. How about that? Lean proteins. Uh, things for endurance athletes. If they don't have it, you don't need it. I mean, really it's kind of what it comes down to. The vitamins. I recently started taking vitamins and it has made a very big difference. And the product experts at Complete Nutrition can recommend the right one for you and the right supplements for you. They can help you recover faster after your tough workouts. For you muscle-building men out there, as Ben likes to say. Online at CompleteNutrition.com. Check them out today. Three upstate locations to serve you and the family this afternoon. Spartanburg, Greenville, and also the Electric City of Anderson. Speaking of electric, Dean Leggy, DogPost.com. Bringing the heat in our next segment. We've got questions Dean Ramsey Leggy has answers. We're going to have some fun. I can promise you that. Stay tuned back with Dean and more after this. There's never been a better time than now to buy from George Coleman Ford, where cars cost less than travelers rest. Like a 2017 Escape S with sync and power equipment. 24495 MSRP, sales price at George Coleman Ford, now for just $18,999. And remember, there are never any dealer fees at George Coleman Ford. Serving you for over 85 years and four generations for the ride of a lifetime, George Coleman Ford. With approved credit, must own 95 or newer Ford, Lincoln, or Mercury. Hey, buddy, what's that? Oh, it's an app I loaded to help people find healthcare around Clemson. Listen. Healthcare in Clemson. And Med Health Clemson on Tiger Boulevard. That's where I see my doc. Yeah, but that's all it ever says, see? I need urgent care. And Med Health Clemson on Tiger Boulevard. Hey, that's Care Connect. Okay, try this. Primary care physicians. And Med Health Clemson on Tiger Boulevard. Huh. We got to make this harder. I need lab tests. And x-rays. And OBGYN. A flu shot. A CT scan. Pediatrician. Cardiac care. Electrophysiologist. And Med Health Clemson on Tiger Boulevard. It doesn't take an app to find quality health care around Clemson. And Med Health Clemson is bringing our urgent care, primary care, specialty, and diagnostic services to one convenient address. Visit nmedhealth.org slash Clemson. What's the best thing about local companies? The genuine care for their community. Canty Foundation Specialists is not just hiring, they're hiring your neighbors. As one of the most innovative and fastest growing foundation and crawl space repair contractors in South Carolina, Canty is redefining the industry by pushing boundaries and providing their employees with the best quality tools, materials, and training to guarantee success. Join our number one team today. Apply at gocanty.com and click on the top banner or call 864-475-1671. Just when you thought the excitement was over for another year, Sea-Doo is back with its preseason sales event at 104 Halter Drive, Piedmont, right off of I-85. Pre-ordering a select 2017 Sea-Doo watercraft means the fun never has to stop. And if you order right now, you get the added peace of mind of three-year coverage. It's a win-win on water fun for the whole family. Next season will be here before you know it. So hurry into Foothills Motorsports in Piedmont and choose your summer fun starting at only $52.99. Restrictions may apply. Financing subject to credit approval. See dealer for details. 
Looking to consolidate your debt into one easy monthly payment with a fixed low interest rate and no fees? If you have good to excellent credit, there's now an effortless way to refinance credit cards and other debt. We're Lightstream, the nation's premier online lender, and we have great news. Right now, there's never been an easier way to refinance debt. With no collateral required, no appraisals, no long wait times, and no fees. Just go to Lightstream and apply in minutes, and you can have funds as soon as that very day. With Lightstream, you can be confident you'll get a competitive interest rate because we back our rates with a rate beat program. Learn more at Lightstream.com. Right now, radio listeners get a special rate discount when you go to Lightstream.com and enter promo code 7777 in the upper right corner. That's Lightstream.com, promo code 7777 for a rate discount. Lightstream.com, code 7777. Subject to credit approval, conditions and limitations apply. Advertise rates, terms, and promotions are subject to change without notice. Visit Lightstream.com for important terms and conditions about Lightstream, same-day funding, and our rate beat program. Equal housing lender. Human Technologies Incorporated can save your company time and money. How? They'll create a custom solution for your company's need. Organizational? Yes. Manufacturing? Absolutely. Employment? You bet. They can help you find new team members or launch and manage a startup. They'll help train and build your team. Human Technologies Incorporated is ready to hit the ground running for you. Let HTI bring the solutions to your problems. Visit any of our upstate offices in Seneca, Malden, Anderson, and Spartanburg or log on to htijobs.com. Middays means three great hours of sports talk on the Roy Philpot Show. If I may proffer a suggestion in bars all across this great nation of ours, Thursday night is ladies' night. Which means as the evening progresses, we will get better looking, courtesy of 99-cent margaritas and two-for-one jello shots. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. I can Second hour continues back at 105.5 The Roar with Ben. I am Roy. Great to have you with us as always. We're just excited right now, aren't we? we? I did get a message during the break from Coach Boom down in Columbia Mm -hmm. talking about the Georgia-South Carolina game next year. His message was simple. said, game on. (laughs) Game on. Something about Spurs up. Oh, my God. Game on. That's a perfect segue to welcome in our good buddy, Dean Leggy, dogpost.com. Dean, it's been a while, buddy. Hope you're doing well, man. Welcome back to our little show. Little show. Okay. All right. <laughs> How's life? How's life? It's good. It's been an exciting couple of weeks of basketball uh, to watch, at least, and uh, life is good. The Bulldogs started their spring football practice yesterday, Roy, and you know, I think most folks feel like they're the favorite to win the East. I, I would fall in that category. Um, how easy that will be to do is another story, I'm sure. We were just debating that very topic. Uh, before we get too deep into Georgia football, who do you have winning in your bracket? Who did you have winning at all this year in the uh, the NCAA tournament? Uh, I still have, oh my gosh. Well, Villanova was the team that they were going to beat. Uh, Kansas. Kansas. I think Kansas yeah, look, I don't know what they were doing, doing seeding Carolina, UCLA, and Kentucky in the same bracket. That is insane. Um, but whoever wins that one and the can, on the can, and then they'll deal with Kansas, I guess, that side of the bracket seems like the one that's the more, more powerful. South Carolina, to me, Roy, has a legitimate chance to get to the Final Four. There's just nobody in their way that they can't beat. And um, they're, they're – the Baylor game will be – any game from this point forward will be difficult, but 
it's been an amazing academic year of um, athletics in this in this state. Uh, it's been pretty impressive. Well, obviously, Clemson won the national championship. I don't think. I mean, Coastal was last year's academic year, but and now South Carolina achieving more than it ever has uh, in basketball. It's been an amazing accomplishment for Carolina, and um, I think they have a shot to get there. I, I'm just, you know, every game is difficult now. I think they'll beat Baylor Friday night. I, I said that yesterday. That, su- that not, would not surprise me at all. No, it's not a bad matchup. Vegas has as the the Bears as a three and a half point favorite up in New York right. City. But uh, good luck trying to score against Thornwell and Notice and that bunch. It's just it's just not going to be easy. So interesting. And I, I like the Kansas pick too. Frank Mason the third, Jackson, Bill Self. You think he's going to fall backwards into another one at some point? Maybe this is the year that uh, Kansas gets it done. All right. So Georgia begins spring practice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect or what is reasonable when it comes to expectations in Kirby Smart's second year, but I guess it begins at quarterback where all of a sudden I'm reading all these articles that Jake Fromm is now going to battle Jacob Eason. I mean, cut to the chase here. How true is that? Is Eason's starting position in jeopardy now in spring practice 2017 in Athens? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know who you're reading, um, but – you know, if you're, I think those of us in the media have an obligation to listen to what people are saying about things and to try not, you know, every year everyone talks about how there's competition at every position. You know, if you're, if you think that Jake Fromm can unseat Jacob Easton, then you think that Brian Harrian can unseat Nick Chubb. So it's, it's a little bit disingenuous to legitimately believe that that is going to happen. I think Jake Fromm is going to be a very successful quarterback at Georgia. He's proven his ability to win at a high level in high school. It's not just football, but baseball too. So it's not like the kid is some slouch. But if you saw, you know, Easton yesterday, he's starting to become what many of us figured he would be when he, when he you know, got to Georgia, which was, you know, a potential first-round guy. Um, and he looked like that yesterday. So this is what we do. Um, we're, you know, by we, I mean, media fans, whoever, it's not a real story. And, um, it would be pretty shocking for Georgia to start. It's, I think that would be fifth quarterback in five years and, uh, two true freshmen back to back. Now, if he gets injured, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But that's just not going to happen. My understanding of the world inside Georgia's football facility is that they would like for Jake Fromm to not play this year at all if possible. So they'll try to redshirt him. Let me ask you this question. How did you evaluate Eason at the end of his freshman season? And then where do you think he's improved the most since then, since the bowl win against TCU, based off your observations yesterday and just kind of what you've been hearing in the offseason? He just throws it better right now. I mean, it looks like the way he's supposed to throw it. I think last year, understandably, he was hesitant. I mean, he did not play well against South Carolina. He did not play well against the Gators. But he had some games where he really played very well. Tennessee, Missouri, Kentucky, uh, other games that were not as consequential, North Carolina. But um, there was a massive learning curve. So at the, by the end of the season – you know, he had started playing pretty well. Um, it's just that once the narrative begins, i.e. Aaron Murray can't win the big game, 
you know, people start ignoring what is reality and they just stick with their, you know, their born in narrative and they live in that world. For Jacob, he's in better shape. That that looks clear to me. I think he has a better he is he is not necessarily a natural leader. Okay? That's something that he's developing in the same way that Nick Chubb is not a natural leader. Those guys are just not vocal guys. But I think that that's something that Jacob and Nick have both taken, you know, that they understand that is something they have to develop. Everything in your life, in the life of a college athlete, is not necessarily physical development. You have to develop other things too, mental, leadership, stuff like that. So that's one thing Jacob is is still dealing with. And I think that that was noticeable yesterday and the way that the guys were talking about how he's running seven-on-sevens. You could see that he got the first and last snap while we were out there yesterday. So, look, he's not a finished product. He probably will not be a finished product until three years into the NFL. I mean, Jacob's time is going to be best suited when he's playing professional football. His time at Georgia Fromm, on the other hand, I think will have a better college career than Jacob, but you know, right now we're in the from we're in the uh, Easton era, and Fromm's going to have to wait. So what I'm hearing from you is Easton starts this year, and we're we're putting everything sure. you know we're 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 projecting way out here, but but Easton would start this year. Fromm will redshirt. He then becomes a redshirt freshman during Easton's final year, and then they've almost staggered Probably. now. They're recruiting a quarterback to where. Easton would have the potential to leave after that campaign, and then Fromm would take over, I guess, at that point as a redshirt sophomore. Is that right? If, if Look, if if things go the way that their tra- the trajectory is right now, Jacob will leave after his junior year. I mean, I think that's been the plan the entire time, period. You know, I don't know that we can say that Jake Fromm is going to leave early. He, he's not as physically gifted as a traditional guy that would leave early. He's a very good quarterback. He knows how to play sports. That much I know. That's obvious. And he is, an, he is a superb leader and has great verbal skills, analytical, all that stuff. He's just not as physically gifted. And he's younger. So, yeah, I think that he will stay three. He, both these guys are likely to play three years as starters at Georgia. Likely. We can't ever know you know, what the future brings. So. Talking with Dean Leggy from dogpost.com, the offensive line was a focal point for you last year in evaluating Eason and offensive play caller Jim Chaney. Is it going to be any better this year? And are there signs of that potentially this spring that we can see? Well, it'll be bigger. Um, and, and Georgia would tell you that bigger is better in the case of the offensive line. Right now, no. We, we can't know what – that will be because there's going to be one or two parts that they will need that will be in their top eight that will come in the fall. I, I don't think they can have a true, complete evaluation of their offensive line until the fall because right now they probably have four of their five starters that they know. they got to get that fifth guy who will play right guard probably, Roy. That's the person that they're missing on. And, and I think at right guard you can play a true freshman. So I think they, they are like, well, let's just see what we got with these younger guys. They signed six very good offensive linemen, one of whom is already at Georgia, but he's a junior college transfer, so he is likely a starter. But all those other five guys, you know, some of those guys weigh 330, 340 pounds as high schoolers. They are huge kids. 
and they are massively bigger than what Georgia has on scholarship right now. So I think we're going to see remnants of what it will look like in the fall, but we can't know yet what Georgia's line will look like probably until halfway through August. Can you sell me at all on Jim Chaney? I, I mean, I, I don't know what he could have done differently last year given the hand that he was dealt, primarily the O-line, freshman quarterback, Chubb's injury. I, I, I don't know. I, I still feel like there's something missing there. What, what can you tell me about Chaney that gets me excited or that maybe thinks that this guy's still going to be doing what he's doing in Athens three years from now? Oh, I can't. I mean, I can't do that. I mean, it's not Mike Bobo, okay? And, I mean, Mike was a superb play caller. They scored up. All you had to look at do is look at the scoreboard. They scored 40 points a game, and it was crazy. Uh, and so he's not Mike. But they feel like what happened last year, all those things that you just said, I mean, specifically the offensive line, they were just too small. And that was just bad recruiting over time. Everybody always talks about there's some real morons out there, as we both know. Everybody talks about how great Georgia recruited. Mark Rick failed. And all that stuff. They didn't recruit well. That's just all there is to it. I mean, particularly where it matters most is on the offensive line. We can't say that anymore. But they have got the guys. It's just that they're very young. So part of Jim Chaney's issue without question, was an inability to get a push on the offensive line. That wins the Georgia Tech game. That wins the Vanderbilt game. Suddenly you're looking at a 10-3 season. It's not so, you know, despicable after, you know, if you consider that. But that didn't happen. And so they want a huge offensive line that will lean on people and push on people and wear them down the way that they wore down North Carolina, the way that they wore down TCU in those games. And to some degree, the way that they wore down Kentucky and Auburn. So, that's what they want to do is just kind of grind people up with these big backs. Now, yesterday, they were the offense was a little bit different looking. It was quicker. It was crisper. Um, it was the, the passes were very short, more Aaron Murray dart throws than Jacob Eason long bombs. So there is change in the air. Mm-hmm. But you are what you are if you're Georgia. You can't just completely change overnight. And they will still basically be in the eye, but they are going to switch up the offense more. But, Roy, it it is nearly – I mean, it is asking a lot for Jacob Easton to learn how to play under center at the same time that you're asking him to execute the aspects of the spread. I mean, that is a lot to throw at a kid who's never played college football and, oh, by the way, he's playing the SEC. So – Cheney's got to get better. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's, last year's results were underwhelming, but he really was working with not a great hand, I have to say. And we'll just have to – it's better this year. It's not perfect, but um, it's definitely better than last year. With the recruiting that you just mentioned, uh, it, Georgia's always recruited well when it comes to the rankings. Are you talking about maybe misses with the old Georgia no, staff in the rankings? or Comparatively speaking to the people they play, not to Wake Forest, North Carolina, uh, you know, Arkansas. Georgia, Georgia lost games to teams that were more talented than them. Now, not, not in every single case. Of course, they beat teams that they were more talented than. But when you talk about who they lost to and who was more talented on any given moment, at any given moment, you know, Tennessee last year 
that they did not win the East is a total failure on their part. They were clearly the most talented team in the East. They lost. Okay, now with Mark, they did go back and look at Mark's offensive line recruiting. That's specifically what I'm talking about. Okay. It is a disaster. And so you can't go multiple years without signing top 300 or top 100 uh, offensive linemen. Georgia signed six of them this year combined. That's more than the last five years combined. It's not good enough. So when you're in a league where Alabama, Florida, Auburn, Tennessee, et cetera, Ole Miss, are that's who you're competing with. If you're number seven in the country, that's great and everything. That puts you about number four in the East at times. I mean, so you got to watch it. This this notion that they recruited so well is not completely accurate, Roy. I mean, they are more talented today than they ever were under Mark, mm. and they are more talented today. But they are more talented because of these last two classes, and so they are very young with all that said they should win the east this year all right so you started our conversation with that commentary this is what we were talking about before we had you on and i said i i think the east is very winnable for a bunch of teams maybe even south carolina next season just because i i don't know what to expect and so we went line by line down through georgia's schedule and there were like i don't know maybe five absolute stone-cold locks that we knew Georgia was going to win, that we think Georgia's going to win. And the other ones, just a lot of weird toss-up games where you're like, well, they probably should win, but they did win last year, and this time it's on the road, and so I'm not really sure. I mean, what does the rest of the East look like, in your estimation, compared to Georgia when you make that kind of a statement? Does everybody else – I mean, Tennessee's going to take massive steps backwards. I don't know as much about Florida or maybe upstart Kentucky, but what's the rest of that division right now as you look at it? Well, that's right. I mean, like, you know, Vanderbilt, I think Vanderbilt and Missouri are the sort of bottom feeders. Not that they're, you know, Vanderbilt's okay. Um, Then I think you've got South Carolina and probably Tennessee, Kentucky and the Gators, and then Georgia. I think that's sort of going from backward to forward how it would be. Kentucky, I'm not sure. They are going to be the, oh, you better watch it team this, this fall. But I'm not sure that they're ready necessarily to make the jump. The problem for the Gators is, A, they can't score. B, they lost almost everybody that matters on their defense. Georgia's returning the entire team except two offensive linemen. So they are no longer – I mean, they are young, comparatively speaking, to where you'd like to be. But they're, they, are, they are returning basically everyone back. As soon as Nick and Sony said that they were coming back, that is what, to me, cemented that Georgia is the favorite. Um, and I think that if you look at Carolina, um, you know they got to go to Athens, so that's not ideal. They have a they have a tough schedule. South Carolina. I mean, I think it's if they go seven and five, they've had a pretty good year. They got to deal with Clemson. They got to deal with Georgia, the Gators, Tennessee, Arkansas, and A and M. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to be favored in any of those games. I don't, I don't know where the Tennessee game is. I'm not sure they're going to be favored in any of those games. So that's a tough schedule. Uh, you know, Georgia's schedule is not easy either. They've got to go to Notre Dame, go to Auburn, go to Georgia Tech, go to Tennessee. They play the Gators in Jacksonville. None of those games are easy games or certain victories. You know, and so it's – but, you know, I think 
when you look at the schedule, when you look at what Georgia's got coming back, when you look at the entire defense returning um, on a pretty stingy defense, mm-hmm. they should, by my estimation, be the team that gets to Atlanta. Not not because all the other teams are so bad, but that, that, that they're better than they are. Mm. So um, that's just the reason why I think it. But, you know, we'll just have to see. I mean, it, if someone said the Gators should be the favorite, I would say, listen, I get it. They've won the league. Or they've won the division the last two years. Makes sense. The, co- the coach is pretty good. They have not recruited the way that you would like to lately, but they have gutted it out. So, we'll, but now we'll see three years into McElwain's time there. You know what his fingerprint on the program will be. But I, I think that's the reason why the dogs are going to be favored. Typically, freshmen who play the next year as sophomores at Georgia at quarterback make substantial jumps forward, whether you're talking about David Green, Matthew Stafford, or Aaron Murray, those guys all went from eight wins mm. or fewer to uh, more than uh, ten wins in their second season as starters. So the, the metrics are all there, and the guys are there. So there's a lot of reason to think that they should win the East, and I think they will. Good stuff. Dean, we appreciate it. Out of time, as always, especially on uh, such a short notice uh, appreciate the time. we got a lot more time coming up to be able to preview next year and what's going on in spring ball down there. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you then. Bye. Dean Leggy, dogpost.com. Check out his website. Good stuff, as always, covering the Georgia Bulldogs. We'll step aside well past the break. And back with more after this. Hey, guys, it's Quawk. And Kelly. We want to invite you to tune in to our show every weekday from 9 a.m. to noon. Or sometimes noon to 3. Oh, and uh, we also do 6 to 9 a.m. on occasion. We're basically on all the time. Yeah, if you turn on your radio, there's a good chance you'll hear us. The most versatile tandem in sports talk, Quack and Kelly on Out of Bounds, right here on 105.5 The Roar. Be sure to tune in to Solutions in Real Estate with Jason Dillard every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on WCCP. If you need solutions to your real estate needs, look no further than Jason Dillard every Saturday morning right here on 105.5 The Roar. Coming up, Don Munson will have the Solid Orange Daily Show presented by the Greenville Health System on the Clemson Tigers Sports Network. Life's healthier when you're backed by a Greenville Health System primary care doctor. Because then, the doctor that has your back is backed by the more than 1,000 physicians and specialists at the region's leading health system. All working together to bring you the right care in the right place at the right time. Great health starts with a GHS primary care doctor. And there are more than 200 of them conveniently located throughout the upstate, ready to see you. Find yours today at ghs.org slash mydoctor. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Behind a season-high four home runs, two by Chris Williams and one each by Logan Davison and Seth Beer. Number six, Clemson defeated the College of Charleston 8-4 to four in baseball last night at Patriots Point. The Tigers, who tied a school record with their 12th win in a row away from home, dating back to 2016, improved to 17-4 and four on the season while the Cougars fell to 8-3. and three. Tigers starter Tyler Jackson picked up the win. He is now 3-1. and one on the year. He allowed seven hits, three runs, and three walks with four strikeouts and five innings pitch. 
Cougar starter Max McKinley, he suffered the loss, dropping to 0-3. The game featured, of course, the return of Clemson head coach Monty Lee, who played and served as head coach at the College of Charleston. It was also Clemson's first game at the College of Charleston since 2008. The Tigers now improved to 8-0 all-time on the road against the Cougars. Clemson will get on a plane today and travel up to Boston, Massachusetts for a three-game set this weekend against the Eagles of Boston College. The series will be played at the University of Rhode Island in Kingston, Rhode Island, starting on Friday at 1 o'clock. And our report presented by the Greenville Health System, the official healthcare research partner of Clemson University. No matter where you're going, you'll see hundreds of convenience stores along your route. What sets Locomart in Clemson apart? Quality gasoline at awesome prices? Yes. Rewards to help you save even more money? Yes. But you'll also find a huge craft beer selection at Locomart that you wouldn't find at a normal convenience store. There's only one stop you need to make. Locomart on Old Greenville Highway and Highway 123. Proudly locally owned and operated. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. Are you highly skilled in building genuine relationships, comfortable with the sales process, and understand foundation systems? Then join Canty Foundation's number one team today. Apply at GoCanty.com and click on the top banner or call 864-475-1671. With Spectrum Internet, you can expect to get what you pay for. That means faster internet, consistent speeds, and better performance than our competition. But don't just take our word for it. Check the latest FCC broadband report. Then call 844-855-2999 and switch to Spectrum Internet. We deliver the speed you expect and the bandwidth to serve all your streaming needs. Did you know some Internet providers actually slow down your connection once you go over your data limit? With Spectrum Internet, there are no data caps and no speed throttling. So call 844-855-2999 and get 60 megs of faster, more reliable Internet. Just $29.99 when bundled. No modem fees, no contracts. That's the fastest internet starting speed available for the price and the bandwidth you need to stream, watch, and share on all your devices. Call 844-855-2999 and switch to Spectrum Internet today. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Congratulations to the Clemson University Fighting Tigers, the new NCAA National Champions. Six seconds left, first and goal at the two. Empty backfield. Watson goes shotgun. Ball on the left, hash wide side of the field to the right. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter in front, caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro! Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. From 105.5, The Roar. Ten weeks and three days ago, that all went down. Man, that just puts a smile on my face. It make you feel better on a Wednesday. It does. It is Wednesday, right? Yes. Yeah, it is Wednesday. <laughs> it is Wednesday. Yeah. See, just, just suddenly check. I don't even care. <laughs> doesn't really matter. Home day. Doesn't really matter. Good stuff. Good stuff from Dean Leggy as well. In our last segment, we got Mark Dofer from WYFF uh, joining us in about 35 minutes live from the Big Apple, home of the NCAA tournament, South Carolina Baylor coming up Friday night. Get his thoughts on that. Kind of what he's hearing there. 
Brandon and Ease on the text line still gives me cold chills. That'll never go away. That's the best part about winning a national championship in football. That's the best part. It's not really that night or even the day after. It's like the rest of your life. Just lean on that forever. Uh, people around here did that regarding 1981 forever. And then now you get to do it for that season and also for 2017. Man. It's pretty special. Pretty special. Good interview with Dean Leggy. You like that? I enjoyed Dean. Always enjoyed Dean. I'm, uh, it's, it's usually informative, always entertaining, sometimes controversial. Yes. <laughs> Dean said the one thing that you just can't say in these here parts, boy. What's that? He said, quote, but, oh, by the way, he's playing in the SEC. Oh, he kind of slipped that one in there. And the text line just blows up. <laughs> Josh in Powderville says, what does that even mean? <laughs> I was like, yes. But he's what? not playing the SEC West. Is that, is, that a, is that still a thing? Right. Is that, is that a good thing? Is well, that a bad it, thing? The perception, right? The perception is still there. Now, whether or not that matches reality mm-hmm. In that division, it does not. In the SEC West, because Bama resides in that division, there's more there's more teeth to that style of commentary, although maybe not as much as what really should be there, much in the same way that someone would call into this show right now and say, well, ACC in basketball this year was overrated. Yeah, maybe it was because of how lousy it's performed so far in the NCAA tournament, 7-8. and eight. Um you know, probably not what many of us were expecting. Although Deptula told me yesterday, he didn't think anybody uh, really was going to make a deep run of the ACC. I was like, that's news to me. I, did, you know, I, I thought that there would be probably four or five teams in the Sweet 16 from the Atlantic Coast Conference. But in hindsight, it didn't happen. And so maybe the league was overrated. The SEC for the last two to three years rode on the back of Bama. And then now that Bama didn't win it, uh, the slipper's off a little bit. But the perception is still that that is the kingpin of college football because they care more, according to the commercial. So, or just means more, I guess. That's what the lady says on the beach. I, I did hear something that was a little different and refreshing, I suppose, talking about the draft the other day. I don't even remember who the, the people were involved, but it was one of the TV analysts saying, talking about a secondary player in the SEC, in the ACC, saying, well, now remember, he is playing in the ACC with all those quarterbacks in that league, and for I almost laughed. I like I really, I almost laughed because that just you're not used to to hearing that, and right. then all of a sudden, like, yeah, you know, that makes sense, right? <laughs> makes sense. But that's part of the changing perception of this conference, and that's why this coming fall, I think, is so critical for the ACC. I was going to say for Clemson, but Clemson has kind of proven it's worth this entire decade with 10-plus wins and back-to-back appearances in the college football playoff and one national championship and all the league titles uh, that it's amassed and just you know virtually erasing every single uh, notion that was out there uh, prior to the start of this decade. But for the conference, when it's gotten to be, or when it's at this level, where it's one, two of the three uh, previous national championships and, and it's multiple teams doing it, it's not just Florida State and everybody else. After losing all of those quarterbacks, including Deshaun, it's important that there's not this huge drop-off. It's important in rivalry weekend against the SEC that you produce another winning ledger. You know, I think you were 3-1 and last year with the lone wacky loss being Kentucky at Louisville. Nobody saw that coming. It's important that that kind of trend continues for this league with all the personnel losses from last year. And we'll see if that happens. Uh, we'll see. But what you're talking about there is probably an encouraging sign of perception, just as you know the SEC has lived off of what's happened in the last two decades predominantly. And it gets the benefit of the doubt, even when it's not that good. 
you're trying to become more like that, well, you have to sustain success as a league. You have to win multiple national championships from multiple teams as a league. That's happened in this decade. It's happened recently, and there's been better personnel. The draft picks have been there. And coaching is improving, and you know maybe it's taking a step in that direction. This is going to be an important year to continue that trend. The the whole SEC narrative that really that that doesn't even bother me anymore. I I find that just amusing, right? And it shouldn't, right? You yeah. you won the national championship. I, I, it just doesn't bother me that that Dean said that. But still, yeah. that's the one thing that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. You say, you know, SEC speed or SEC defense or you know, anything al- along those lines. And Can man, I just stop just, you right there? Can I stop you right there? Yes. I'm just proud of you. I'm proud of hearing you say that. It shows emotional growth and maturity that I think was impossible. I, previously, I thought that would have been impossible. For, and I say that because I'm the exact same way. And well, so, it's, so it's just I'm recognizing myself and you. I'm not to that point yet, but you're there already. And, and so... You know, you get a gold star. You get a gold star for this show today. Thank you. Yeah. And a I, pat on the back. Well, now I'll ruin it because secretly I think it's a bigger slap in the face that it doesn't bother me than it than if it did. <laughs> Erase everything I just said. I want my last 30 seconds of commentary back off the record. Yes. Mm. Love it. We That's bull crap. Thanks, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> Is he going to give us another one of those at some point in time? Like, I want to see the fired up testy Dabo. I think we're going to get that this fall. You think so? Oh, yeah. Why? Um, proving everything he could ever prove is even more, probably going to be more defensive about his team. And I don't mean that as a critic. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be. But, you know, Coach Sweeney does not like it when you say anything that sounds like you think there's going to be a drop-off, you know, Coach, how do you replace a quarterback that's one of the you know the best in history and Deshaun Watson? I mean, how can you do that with these young guys? I mean, that kind of question on the right day right. is going to give you a very defensive answer that could send you down the bullcrap road. <laughs> yeah, I, I want him to take it to the next level. I like it. Yeah, give me a fired up Dabo. I've said it many times too coming into this fall. I mean, it's it's so perfect. Because nobody's going to pick them to win it. They're not even going to be picked to win their own division, even though Florida State comes here. They're going to be picked like outside the top five in the preseason polls. And all he's going to do is use that as complete and total motivation for 12 regular season games. And he could come up probably in two and a half seconds with five new Daboisms to just spill out there to the masses to get everybody all cranked up again. I mean, it really is the perfect storm. Yeah, I was looking at it the other day. Clemson's still like 18-1 to 1 odds to, to go back-to-back to win another national championship. That's that's not too shabby. <laughs> you know, that, that's not too bad. Uh, we'll get to more of your phone calls coming up. Third hour, Mark Dofer joins us as well. We're brought to you by good friends of the Kiwi Financial Group. Go by and see Randy Strickland and Greg Wales, financial advisors. They never tied to any kind of big box firm out there. They've been doing it for years right beside Max Drive-In. You can go by, get your 401k in check. They're going to tell you what you need to do so that you can live comfortably in retirement. Maybe you've got to save for your kids' college tuition. Uh, Maybe you just got to do a better job managing your wealth. Kiwi Financial Group is going to help you do all of that and then some. Online at KiwiFG.com. It's the best place to find out more information. Or go by and see them right beside Max Drive-In, 402 Pendleton Road, 654-5043 for more info. 
654-5043, the Kiwi Financial Group, online at kiwifg.com. You got Clemson grads working over there. Your goals are their top priority. They believe their clients deserve the highest standard of care possible. They've got your back. The Kiwi Financial Group, kiwifg.com. Check them out today. Now, everybody on hold, uh, hang tight. We'll get to you coming up after this top of the hour break. That's Colin Pickens, Bill and Anderson.